Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Karach Sheni, the second Aliyah in Pasha's Karach. Our Aliyah is six sukim long. It runs from Perek Tesain in Bamimbar Pasuk Yud Dalad to Yud Tes. We hear now about Moshe setting up the challenge. Let's take a look at a quick summary of the Aliyah and then we'll move straight into the points to ponder some ideas that we need to consider. So we hear about Moshe Rabbeinu setting up the challenge. The, the, the Dawson and Aviron are continuing their diatribe against him. And they say to Moshe Rabbeinu that, you know, Moshe, you never even brought us to the land of milk and honey. You didn't give us all the things that you promised us. We're not going to be blinded by your ideas. We're not coming up. We're not listening to you. Sorry, not, not, not having a conversation. Moshe at this point gets very angry and he turns to Akash Baruch and he says, don't listen to them, don't, don't turn to their meal offerings, don't listen to their prayers because I never took anything of this. I did not take even one of their donkeys, I did not do bad to any of them. So Moshe then turns to Korach and after praying to Hashem and he says to Korach, listen, you and your whole congregation are coming out in front of Hashem and you and Aaron are going to be there at the entrance of the oil moid tomorrow. You're going to all bring your fire pans, bring them in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all these 250 people and uh, place fire from them and stand there waiting in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what happens and the, the glory of Hashem appears in the front of the tent of meeting. That's the basic summary of the Aliyah. Let's think about a few points to ponder. Why did Moshe daven that their prayers be ex- not be accepted? After all, is Moshe really concerned that their minchas will be accepted by Kodesh Baruch Hu? Says the Orachim HaKodesh, yes. Hashem never overlooks the good deeds even of evil people. Moshe Rabbeinu was so angered by what was just said to him, by the fact that Adasana and Aviron were so evil, that he turns to Akash Baruch and says, don't even show favor to the things they may deserve. Maybe some of the good things they did in life, don't turn to their merits. We see here the power of prayer. Even a really bad person does deserve to be listened to. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is asking not to in this particular case. Now, surely Dustin and Aviram didn't bring Katoris. So why is this the natural um, flow over um, of the conversation? The Maral explains that because they were behind the scenes stoking the coals. So they were always there agitating, writing op-eds, spreading social media pieces about Moshe and Aaron, you know, agitating and spreading half opinions to all the newspapers. That's what the Dustin and Aviram were doing the whole time. So, so Maral says that um, they themselves stepped back um, from bringing the Katoris as if they had nothing to do with it. And they would say, oh, it's, it's the other guys, you know, like, we don't know what you're, ta- we don't know what you're talking about, Moshe. And why are you getting so upset? So what Moshe is doing is he's lumping them together with the people, be essentially pulling them forward and saying, you may want to hide your role in this action, but we know you're part of this action. That's what's being said over here. Another question, why is he priding himself in not stealing? Moshe Rabbeinu says, I didn't take one of the donkeys. Well, that's not a very high bar. You know, a leader who doesn't steal or embezzle money. Well, that's that's the default. You're supposed to not do that. So why is Moshe Rabbeinu taking pride in that? The Gemara Nadarim Daf Lamed Ches Amor Aleph tells us that it means to say, of course he wasn't stealing. What he's taking pride of is that he didn't even rent from them. He didn't even use his relationships to get a favorable rental from them. That's how far it went as a leader. Think about that and think about how many leaders get, get uh, or people in power or whatever the power is, leveraging their relationships and their power. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I never ever leveraged any part of my relationship. Finally, one last question is, why is it that when he makes this confrontation between Korach, he places Aaron on the pedestal? You, Korach, will be up against Aaron. Why? 
Why, why is that so important? So the Igra Dekala, the Igra Dekala is the din of a Rebbe, the Bnei Yisachar, on his commentary on the Torah says, this is in order to be able to differentiate between his claim and theirs. A very important point. What is going on over here is the differentiating of the claims of these two groups. There is Korach and there's the 250 people from Ruvain. The people from Ruvain believe that they should have leadership because they are sages. They are leaders. They are wise. The democratization of leadership, meritocracy, that's what they're claiming. Korach claims that Aaron should be no better than him because, uh, after all, they're both Levian. So what is being done over here is he's differentiating Korach from the rest of his Ada to say, Korach, you are in argument with Aaron about the, about the Kahuna, and the rest of the 250 people have a separate argument. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to show the hairline fractures between the different groups, the different claims, rather than looking at this as one conglomeration in one narrative, which is important to do when you have a communal machloikas, when you have multiple different d- uh, in Grats gathering together to create one grievance. And this is what Mor- this is what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing by identifying the different camps of here. With this we close the second Aliyah in Korach. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.